Show episode number 189. My name is John Morgan. Cold coffee did not make the trip with me this week. I am in Denver, Colorado for UFC Fight Night 139. Korean Zombie versus Rodriguez, the 25th anniversary show of the UFC. And I gotta say, uh, while my week had been going pretty fantastic until about five minutes ago, um, this recording got off to a horrible, horrible start. I, uh, I I sat down to start recording. Of course, I had a couple of frosty beverages this evening, as you do. You know, when you're putting in a hard night's work, you've been going all day. When you're in Colorado, they got some craft brews to choose from. Now, I, didn't, I didn't get too crazy. I know it's not. I don't even know if it really qualifies as craft brew anymore. But uh, I got a fat tire, New Belgium brewing. I love me some fat tire. It's an oldie but a goodie. Had a couple of those. Good to go, right, man? Just enjoying it. A man enjoying a frosty beverage too. But there's a lot of work left to be done. Even after I get done recording the podcast tonight, uh, quite a bit of work to do. We're we're still short around the MMA junkie house. Um, you know, of course, we're down a man already, and we've had some vacations to fill in and that sort of thing. So it's it's been a tough little stretch for us. I'm not gonna lie, and this week is no different. Uh, but no big deal. You know, just got some work to do. But I thought, you know what? I got work to do. Uh, so you know what, I, I might want to put the frosty beverages to the side for just a little bit, and uh, I'll have a little cup of coffee, have a little cup of coffee just to get some caffeine, get that flowing, and that way when uh, when we wrap up here, I can get back to the work for the MMA Junkie site, and everything will be good. Now, 188 previous weeks, uh, we've been slamming frosty beverages during the middle of the road show. That's that's kind of what we do. We sit down, have a frosty beverage, and talk about some talk about some mixed martial arts. Never before do I remember spilling a frosty beverage on our equipment. I, I just, maybe it's happened. I'm not going to lie. There's some shows I don't remember much of, <laughs> if anything. But I definitely don't remember spilling any equipment on our frosty beverage. But just as I was about to hit record, boom! Knocked over my coffee all over the desk here where I'm working. All into my, I mean, not all into my gear. Thankfully, it went away from my computer. Thank God for that. Um, but it did hit some batteries I was charging, some 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 of the, the recording equipment that we use. And so I'm not exactly sure if everything is going to work properly tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we're going to proceed as it's working properly. But uh, know that some of this equipment is coffee-soaked at the moment. So, uh, yeah, proof that no good deed goes unpunished. I tried to make the right decision there. And coffee all up in my stuff. My, my 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 real regret too is it happened just before I hit the record button because had I hit the record button at least you would have been able to hear my audible like oh shit <laughs> as my entire professional life flashed in front of my eyes uh, my new iPhone was sitting right here I I just got one of the new iPhones I, I it's an iPhone XR so I guess that's the entry level iPhone 10 I'm not one of those big ballers uh, T-Mobile was was uh, letting us. Wait, do I have T-Mobile? Verizon? T-Mobile. T-Mobile. T-Mobile was letting us uh, get one without any money down. So that was pretty cool. You could just kind of pay it off. I don't, have a, I don't have a G to drop on a phone up front like some of you ballers out there. So I had to wait. But I was still rocking the iPhone 6 before that. Five years. It had been five years since I'd upgraded my phone. I didn't realize it was that long. So I was pretty embarrassed by that. But yeah, 
my brand new iPhone was sitting right there. This recording equipment, which is not cheap. <laughs> anyway, that's how the night got started. Proof that to hell with the coffee. Just keep drinking the frosty beverages, right? That that was my problem. I broke protocol, and I got punished for it. So, a little fat tire. Here we go. All right. UFC Fight Night 139. As I said, we are in Denver, Colorado. We're actually at the Denver Marriott West, which is the host hotel this week. Fantastic hotel. The only problem is it's kind of out there a little bit. It's away from downtown for sure. A long way from the airport, which is on the east side of town. So it's been a great hotel. It's been hosting everything fantastic. Um, facilities are, are fantastic. The restaurant's good, all that. But um, we're kind of isolated, so it's just kind of hard to get a feel for what's going on around you. You know, I, I love the hotels where you can just kind of walk out and walk the streets and get a feel for, you know, what the buzz is, if people are anticipating it, that sort of thing. You know, not that I would expect it to be huge. I mean, this is a fight night event, which kind of makes the whole thing weird to be honest with you i mean it's it's the 25th anniversary show and i love the fact that they came back to denver for the 25th anniversary show um I, you know i've been putting pictures on on uh, social media this week everything is branded with the the original ultiman logo which is which is awesome it's kind of cool just seeing the vintage logo man i mean even fighters and staff i mean everybody that sees it they go oh that's that's sweet man they want to go take a picture with it you know and and people are asking if they can get a t-shirt of it which i'm i'm pretty sure they'll be selling a t-shirt of it uh, on saturday night um which is cool man I, I i love the vintage feel of it in fact i even suggested i think it would be cool moving forward is maybe it's like an annual anniversary you know, the shows in November of every year have that specialized branding on it, you know, have that vintage branding on it. I think that'd be kind of cool. It would kind of change up the, you know, maybe it would change up the event posters a little bit. It would change up the merchandise. And, you know, you think about people that have seasonal. I mean, the NFL and Major League Baseball, I know they do like breast breast cancer awareness month where, They've got you know, pink incorporated into the jerseys and stuff like that. And obviously that's for a far more noble cause than just having something look cool from the old school. But I don't know. I thought that would be cool. But that aside, I mean, there's not a whole lot being done to celebrate the 25th anniversary feel of this, um, which I, I don't know. I, I can understand. I mean, I don't know how many resources you want to pour into just a basic fight night event, I guess, and and of course it's one of the one of the last events on their current uh, TV partner with with Fox, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know, but you know they came up with the the idea of coming back as close to the, the the actual date as possible, you know, and doing it in Denver where it all started, and doing it, uh, you know, as a 25th anniversary event, and then I don't know, it just kind of kind of fell short. I, I thought it'd be cool to maybe bring some of the old greats or I. I I don't know what you could do, and maybe that's what they said. Maybe maybe they said, I don't know what, what, what you can do, but I don't know. I just expected more of a, a 25th anniversary feel. Now, I, you know, there is um, a meet and greet on Friday night. Uh, of course, it's for fans, but, um, you know, there's there's a couple people there. I think I saw Dan Severn was going to be there. Matt Hughes was going to be there. It's not on our PR schedule. I just happened to see a commercial for it. So um, that's cool, and maybe we'll get to see him as guest fighters on Saturday night. That hasn't been officially confirmed yet. So maybe we'll still get a little bit of that feel, but. I don't know. I thought there could have been a little bit more around it. Originally, Cold Coffee was going to be here with me because we thought there was going to be a lot more stuff to do. But when it turned out that it was basically just going to be a, a typical FS1 event, we said, you know, that, that probably doesn't make a lot of sense. Of course, we're in the, uh, we're you know, we're, we're scaling back on travel costs uh, this year and especially towards the end of the year. So 
we had to make that call. But uh, I don't know. It was, it was a little tough. Speaking of <laughs> scaling back on travel costs, I did want to share this with you. Uh, proving uh, what a mileage whore I am, uh, I am not going to make executive platinum on American Airlines this year. I know, I know, I know. You feel terribly sorry for me. Uh, no, nobody does. But I, I, I am cl- like really, really, really close to making Platinum Pro, which is the next level below Executive Platinum. And there's some big like kind of, I don't know, perks of airfare that kick in if you're at that level, um, which is nice when you travel a lot. I'm not a fancy guy. Ain't nobody buying me first-class tickets. But if you can get a little upgrade, it sure does make life easy. You know, you, can, you got a little more elbow room to work with. You have a couple of cocktails and get a nap if you want. But I'm really, really, really close and I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. Uh, so, uh, Southwest Airlines flies direct from Vegas to Denver. I never take that flight. I always take American Airlines. And American Airlines, to get to Denver, you have to go through Phoenix first, which isn't the most practical plan. But, you know, just short layover. It's, both of them are short flights. It's really not that bad. It's not that bad. But I went the extreme mileage whore approach. Uh, I noticed as I was booking my flight that for the same price, I could actually go from Vegas to L.A., then L.A. to Phoenix, then Phoenix to Denver. (laughs) So if you're looking on a map, I basically started in the center of a triangle, went down to the left, over to the right, and up to the top to complete the triangle. So uh, it got me a few extra miles for no extra money, so... Yeah, I was pretty embarrassed of myself. It, it, it wasn't that bad, but uh, I thought I'd just share that so I, I can open my life to you and admit I am a mileage whore. <laughs> All right, let's talk about on the ground here. Chan Sung Jung in the main event. Of course, he is fighting Yair Rodriguez. Uh, was supposed to be Frankie Edgar. Bummed to see Frankie Edgar bow out. But honestly, I, I, for some reason, I, I didn't really care as much about his first. But now that I'm here... I like the intrigue of Chan Sung Jung and Yair Rodriguez both having been away for so long. Different reasons, of course, but uh, both have, you know, had extended layoffs. And there's huge question marks over what we're going to see out of each man. And for some reason, I don't know, the, the, the dual questions of who's going to bring what I find incredibly intriguing. So I, I was bummed to see Frankie Edgar, you know, exit the main event. I always enjoy getting a chance to see Frankie fight. He's a legend. Um, but I'm intrigued by this, and, and I've especially been intrigued since we got a chance to talk to Yair Rodriguez. Now, first, Chan Sung Jung looks good, man. He's been walking around, uh, smiling, uh, you know, you know, positive attitude. I mean, that's kind of him as as a rule, but you know, he's just looked good every single day. He looks, you know, physically fit. Doesn't look like he's you know dealing with any stresses, any any concerns of, of lingering injury, anything along those lines. I've heard behind the scenes. Uh, that he's been in a really good mood and really easy to work with. And, uh, you know, that's, I guess, kind of important because there's a lot of Korean media here. Um, t- tough to get an exact count, but, you know, at, at everything we've been to, there's there's quite a few Korean – and when I say quite a few, I mean 8, 10, something like that. But, I mean, that's that's a lot for, for a fight night event and for people to, you know, travel uh, across the, the Pacific Ocean to get here for that. So um, you can really – you can really tell, you know, what this fight means to the Korean audience. But by the way, speaking of the Korean audience, I did hear this too, and, and I'm sure there are people that follow this stuff, but I just heard it for the first time. You know, we haven't heard from Dong Young Kim in a long time, um, and, and I was told that one of the reasons for that is that he is becoming an absolute celebrity right now in reality TV, that him and Sexy Yama, Yoshiro Akiyama, are involved in a TV show right now that I think 
is almost more about their daughters is kind of what I understood or, or their kids. Um, but of course they factor into it as well. Um, and it's just a reality show. I, I hate to say keeping up with the Kardashians, but something along those lines. Um, and, and Dong Young Kim is becoming a, a massive celebrity because of it. So good for him. I th- thought I'd share that little insight, but uh, Chan Sung Jung is, you know, dealing with this Korean media, but uh, by all accounts of everything I've heard behind the scenes, he's just been an absolute pleasure. So seems like he's in good spirits. He's excited to be back. And I should say, you know, got a, a really nice pop at the open workouts, man. The Denver crowd was there. Wasn't a huge crowd. Um, wasn't a massive, massive crowd, but still some uh, some folks in attendance, including one guy who was uh, just absolutely giving uh, Mike Perry hell. If if you haven't seen that footage, uh, just a heckler of all hecklers, heckling so much in fact that security at one point kind of went over and talked to him. I think I was like, hey, can we, you know, tone it down just a little bit? Like you're kind of getting under Mike Perry's skin right now, and you know we don't need a Habib incident where he comes jumping off this stage and double eagle kicking you. So uh, pr- pretty funny to see that happen. But uh, he got Chan Song Jung got a nice pop, man. I, I think the Korean Zombie. You know, people are still a fan. You know, the the, the fights that he had. And, and I think just, I mean, I know this sounds silly, but I just think he has a sweet-ass nickname and people remember those T-shirts, man. I, I really do. Of course they remember that he had good fights. But I bet if you ask people to name off, you know, give me three or four of your favorite Korean zombie fights, I, I bet they'd struggle to do it. But he's got a sweet-ass nickname and he had some sweet-ass shirts back in the day. So um, he got a really, really nice pop at the open workouts. And uh, so it was good to see him there. Um, you know, of course, he doesn't speak English and I don't speak any Korean, but so we've been speaking to him through an interpreter all week. So we haven't gotten, you know, a ton of just incredibly deep quotes, but, um, you know, he's, he said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be back. Uh, you know, not really worried about the last minute changes. Uh, you know, I, I'm just going to stick to what I do. It's not like I could fight like Ayer if I wanted to. He did say that, you know, if he does win this fight, he'd like to rebook Frankie Edgar. You know, it's a fight that means a lot to him, and, he, and he'd love to do it again. And he also said um, that he'd really like to to, uh, to fight in Korea next year as well. It does look like the UFC is going to return to Seoul next year. Nothing has been signed as of yet, um, but it does look like it's going to be one of the Asian destinations for the company next year. Uh, the the arena that uh, that the first one was in was being redone basically. I think it was it was built for the Olympics, and then as I recall, they were saying, listen, uh, you know, the USC came in. That was one of the last events to be in that venue before they shut it down for for a major overhaul. But apparently, all the construction is done. It's ready to go, and they want to go back to Seoul. And it's a good market, man. I can tell you from being there, the fans were phenomenal, man. I I, I had a great time in Seoul. The, the fans were rowdy and loud. They supported. Uh, the Korean fighter. So uh, it looks like that, that just waiting on some details from what I understand, the deal isn't signed, but the USC would really, really like to go back to Seoul next year. And um, the Korean zombie would love to headline that card. I, I, I believe um, as I've been told, he, you know, he was doing his military service during the first uh, trip to Seoul. And, and I was told that he basically begged, you know, to get on that card. He was like, guys, you know, let me out of my service at least for one night just to go fight. You know, if it's a, if it's a pay issue, I don't care. I'll fight without getting paid. I, I just really want to do this. And, you know, they said, no, that's, that's not the way this works. And so, uh, he, he had to, he had to bow out basically, but he would love to do it. Now, whether or not that could be the Frankie Edgar fight, I don't know. I don't know exactly when that's going to line up on the calendar, but, uh, there's your Korean zombie update. Meanwhile, Yair, I feel like Yair Rodriguez is honestly the, the I want to say some of the best I've ever seen. You know, I, physically he looks he looks thin to me, um, and, but he looked lean all week. And not that he ever was a big guy, 
Um, but I was worried, you know, coming on two weeks' notice that, that it was going to be tough for him to cut down. But he looked to be in, in really good shape uh, and really lean. Uh, so physically, I think he's, he's going to be fine. We talked to him today, you know, by the time you listen to this t- tomorrow morning, the weigh-ins will probably be done. But, you know, he did say he didn't think it was going to be an issue. But um, mentally as well, man, he just seems in a good place, incredibly happy, incredibly calm, relaxed, um, just different, man. I feel like as we watched Yair grow, as we watched him progress, um, he got stressed, man. I, I think – the expectations of the of, of what he was supposed to be. I mean, he was kind of becoming the face of, of Mexican MMA, you know, with, with Cain Velasquez out on the sidelines for so long. He was kind of becoming that guy. And of course, you know, when you're when you're bilingual like that and you're you, you end up doing twice the amount of media because you've got to answer all the English speaking media, but they're gonna feature you heavily with the Spanish speaking media as well. And I just think it was getting to him, man. I, I really do. Um and then you know, he uh, he had the, the, where he, the situation where he was kind of on the outs with the UFC. And, man, it's just been a, a tough road for him. But, uh, man, I just feel like he's in a, a, a phenomenal place right now. So um, I, I want to let you judge as well. Man, I had a chance to sit down uh, earlier in the week with Yair Rodriguez, have a little one-on-one talk with him. And um, here's kind of what he had to say. Well, Yair, man, let's, what a crazy ride it's been. I mean, you go from being not even in the UFC <laughs> to now you're headlining the 25th anniversary show. I mean... Is it, what's what's this whole kind of roller coaster been like for you? Well, it's been it's been honestly pretty tough, pretty crazy for me this last uh, year and a half almost that I've been um, out of activity in the UFC. But uh, I'm pretty happy to be here now, headlining this event, the 25th anniversary of the UFC, which makes me a lot more happy. And um, I'm just super excited about this. Being back in the UFC is great, amazing, with all of you guys that I that I love, all of you guys, and uh, with a new vibe new energy um i don't know what else to say i'm just uh, excited and happy to be here what was the time like for you man this past year and a half like you don't necessarily have to get into specifics but just how you felt man i mean here you are this <laughs> this rising star you know everybody loves you and then you you have a disappointing defeat and then now you got people saying you're ducking fights and you're doing i mean w- what was this like for you well it was pretty tough you know but i understand it's part of the game i understand um people's perspective and homemade they they look at stuff but just people that, that is near me or people that really knows me and uh, the stuff that is going on through my life and professionally and personally, they know the deal. So I'm not worried about uh, all the others' per- perspective, you know. I'm um, just worried about my, my job and do it the best that I can. I'm not ducking fights. I'm not ducking anyone. This is what I've been doing for all my life. Like since I was five years old, you know, I have tons of fight streets. So I'm not, fight- um, I'm not afraid of fighting, you know. That's why I'm, I'm still here. Um, but life happens, guys. Life happens, you know, and sometimes you can do shit about it. You know, you got to uh, keep on rolling with it. And sometimes it's, it's harder than, than when it looks, you know, whenever you, you, you don't have my shoes on. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back here uh, without remembering any, any, any bad um, thoughts or whatever. You know, now I'm here. Um, just to focus on the positive things. And now I'm back in the UFC. I'm here lighting an event. Everything is back to normal, looks like. You know, and uh, I'm excited to go and, and do a great performance this Saturday. You talk about having a new vibe, a new energy. Is that a result, kind of almost, of what yes. you went through? Yes, 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 completely. I think it's uh, completely, uh, it's, up, it's up to how you take stuff whenever it's coming into your life. You know, I think um, taking it the best possible way is always the best, you know. It's a lot of bad stuff in the world already. It's a lot of bad shit going on. I'm sorry about that. It's a lot of stuff going on, you know, but. 
uh, if you focus on the bad, your life is gonna be going in a bad direction. You know, you gotta you gotta be able to to when stuff is going wrong or it's being hard for you in your life, you gotta be able to to keep on grinding. You know, I was talking about that earlier in an interview. You know, uh, what a, who, what's a winner? Who who's who's a winner for you? You know, a successful people, and I say this. I say that a uh, successful people is that that who wakes up every morning, no matter if he's tired or not, no matter if how, how he feels, he's, he still goes and works. He still goes and take a shower. He still goes and work hard, hard harder because he felt bad that day, or he may may he thought uh, a thought of weakness on his mind. Now I gotta be tougher because uh, because of that weakness that I have. That that second of weakness is gonna cost me one hour in the game, and that's how you gotta take stuff, you know, and uh, turn it back to your you're positive and what it bring me here and this is the new energy that I have uh, as I'm telling you and now I used to be too worried about losing I used to be too worried about that stuff you know and now I'm not worried I'm, I'm just worried about enjoying every day every second that I have in my life you know because my life is, is even if you guys probably say that guy's crazy my life is perfect because I have my loved ones with me I have my health I have everything that I have I, I have my work you know and I'm, I'm just blessed to be here very cool. So excited to be back. Excited. Being on the 25th anniversary show, is it, I mean, do you just say, well, it's just another fight, or is it really kind of cool to be like, man, this is a special moment? This is super cool. It's a special moment, as I'm telling you. This is this event, I think, I think everybody can feel it. Not just me, because everybody seems in the same symphony, you know, same vibe, like vibration. I kind of, I feel it that way because everybody's happy. It's a 25, it's like a birthday, you know, nobody's, on, nobody's having a birthday, you know, everybody's happy. It's the 25th anniversary of the UFC, you know, and uh, everybody's happy. Uh, Korean Zombie is a, it's a great, it's a great fight, you know, to headline this event. And um, I gotta, I gotta step in, you know, with this short notice, you know, I didn't, I didn't care that it was two weeks and high elevation or whatever, you know, I'm just happy to be back. You know, I was, I was literally, dying to come back into into that cage. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. How did you end up here? Because it, it sounds crazy. I mean, a guy that's been off for a year and a half is going to step in on two weeks' notice. Yeah. So how did you, did they call you? Did you call them? How did this work out? No, I was uh, <laughs> I was actually on my on, on my uncle's house having a hamburger and stuff, you know, because of my little uh, niece's uh, birthday and stuff. I actually uh, got a couple of beers, you know, just I was chilling with my family and stuff. And then I received a um, uh, call from my manager. He's like, hey, uh, what do you think you want to take this fight? You know, they're offering a Korean zombie, but it's in two weeks. I was like, oh, let me, okay. I think that's a pretty good fight. Let me talk to my team because I have a team, of course. So I consult with my team. I talk to them and they, uh, they all agree. They think it's a good fight for me and um, to come back especially. And we know. Everybody, we know what I'm capable of, and I think uh, this is a great, this is a great fight. That said, I mean, only two weeks' notice, and you're having a burger and beer. Just physically, you look like you're okay, right? I mean, is this a tough cut, or were you staying in shape? Yeah, I'm good. Want me to show you? <laughs> I'm, I'm perfectly, I'm perfectly in shape, you know. And uh, I'm a professional. This is what I do, and uh, I have never failed weight. I, I'm not planning on doing it. Uh, my preparation has been there for the last month and a half. You know, I, it's not a full camp, of course. You know, and. Um, but I think, but I think it, what I have right now, what I've been preparing, what I've been preparing my, my body for, uh, is going to be enough to to get those five rounds as hard as possible. So I guess people are worried, like, like maybe you were sitting around and just having a good time or whatever. I mean, you were still <laughs> in the gym every day. Yeah, I was. I was going to the gym. I was running. I was doing uh, lifting. I was. So after my injury, you know, for my last, I was supposed to fight. Uh, I don't remember the date. Uh, back in Sabit. 
-hmm. but I got, I got an injury and I, I, I got stopped like for five weeks. You know, I was on bed, literally I couldn't move. It was pretty hard for me, pretty, really painful. You know, and uh, I started slowly recovering, going to treatment and stuff. And uh, I, start, I started slowly introducing my body to training. It was, it was pretty hard because from being in 100% camp, like middle of camp, two weeks before my fight, I got to stop from zero to, from 100 to zero. And that's even harder, I think, to, for your body and stuff, you know? So when I tried to go back to train, my body uh, was feeling a lot of, you know, different different pains everywhere. I was like, man, I wish I had never stopped training because every time that you try to go back to, to the loop, uh, it's like that, you know? So uh, after after I get into my, my rhythm, I start picking it up slowly, you know, and uh, you know I felt good. I feel I feel pretty really good. What happened? I don't even know what happened. Did, was it? Did you have to have surgery or was it just rehab? I mean, what happened that you had to pull out of that fight? Well, I didn't. I didn't want to say it back then, but I think it's all there uh, somewhere. Um, it's not like I have fight in the U in the UFC several times with injuries, you know, and it's stuff that you can you can go ahead and fight with. You know, probably you have a an issue with your hand or your shoulder, your elbow, your knee, your or whatever, you know, but uh, it's more parts of your body that, that drives you to do movement like your your thorax and stuff like that where it was my, my injury. So I couldn't literally do anything, even walking, sitting down or uh, laying down, waking up, like trying to wake up a bed or whatever, anything, anything was painful, you know, so I, I, got, I got to stop, you know, and right after, when um, the pain start, start, start decreasing, I start slowly picking it up, you know, without putting a lot of pressure in my body so I don't get injured again. And I've been doing just cardio, basically just running, uh, doing sprints and lifting a little weight so my body is a little stronger. Uh, that's, what that's what I've been basically doing, most than uh, training, like grappling or wrestling and all that stuff, which I've been doing as well, but not as, uh, as this high in intensity as I, I used to. But um, but my cardio, cardio-wise, I'm pretty good. You know, my technique is, is always that I'm a fighter. I already know how to fight. You know, this is a matter of of, uh, of being able to to have a good strategy for the day of the fight, being uh, mentally there. This is that is the mo most important thing, and then perform. I guess the good news is that Korean Zombie's been out for a long time too, right? It As makes well. it kind of interesting, right? Like, I don't know a main event that I remember in recent times where we're like. I don't know what we're going to see out of either guy. So, I mean, what, what do you think? What are you expecting to see out of him? Because he looked great in his return, uh, but then he's been out too. So, what, what are you expecting to see in him? I expect the same. Um, so, I had my first fight in the UFC, and, and my, for my second fight, I was out like for around six months or seven months. And people thought that it was a long break, but after that, I came back. I came back even better. You know, that's why I win my first bonus. And uh, you know, I think every time that you take a, a little rest of all the stress or anything that is happening to your life, and you gotta, uh, you have the opportunity to, to redo, like I'm telling you, and just uh, redo all, all and see the different perspectives of life and uh, of your company, how they look at you, how people think of you and stuff, and how you think, what do you think of you? That's the most important thing, you know. And if you're fine with yourself, that's, that's the most important thing. Like I'm fine with myself because I know what I have been through and I know how tough it's been for me, and I don't care. And I don't, I don't care not, about nothing. I just want to fight, you know, so what I want to do. That's interesting, because I was going to ask you, like, this fight, because you said, like, look, I'm, I'm over wins and losses. Like, I, you know, I, it's not, there's no pressure anymore. Of course, you want to win. You don't want to lose. But, but, I mean, so is this fight, like, important to you to, like, I got to show the world that I'm still Yaya Rodriguez, you know, I'm still this top prospect, or is it more like, Let's just go have fun and, and, and feel good about what I'm doing. Yes, it's just, I'm just gonna go out there, have fun as I always do, 
you know, try to do, well, not try to do because I always do crazy stuff. You know, this is, that's my style of fighting, you know, but um, it's just that, you know, um, I feel good. I feel energized, I feel good, good vibe uh, for this fight coming up. And as you say, Korean Zombie's been out for a long time. I've been, I've been out for a long time, but I think I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great to see what he has to bring to the table and the changes that he's gonna do in his strategy because he's gonna he was fighting Frankie Edgar, which is a wrestler. We know he's a wrestler, and uh, now he's fighting a striker. You know, so it's gonna it's gonna be a little different for him. And uh, I think he's gonna come aggressively to me, but I think I can I'll, I'll handle it. And if you win, do you uh, do you call out Zabit? He's been chasing you for a long time. Yeah, do you start chasing, chasing him instead? Hey, I don't care, bro. Whatever, whatever the UFC. I don't plan to say anything anymore. So whatever the UFC wants to, he wants to hit me or whatever. You know, I'm, re I'm ready for it. Is that a fight you want? Because I fans, I mean, fans, fans, fans they want to see it, right? Of course. Um, I'll say this again, and I, I'll still will say this. I'll fight him anytime, anywhere. But I think he still has to prove himself. I have seven fights in the UFC. Six wins, one loss, four performances of the night, and I have headlined two events. I think he used to still have to prove himself to fight me. I'll still, I'll still say that anytime, you know, and uh, I don't care if I have to fight him here in a gym or whatever, I'll fight him. I don't, I don't care. Very nice. All right, well, first things first, you got to get the win Saturday night. Exactly. What are you expecting? Are you, are you expecting to come in here and, and do something spectacular and blow everybody away, or do you feel like, you know, Korean Zombie, obviously he's got that nickname for a reason. You know, he's been in some brawls. Are you expecting this thing to, to go long? What do, what do you think we're going to see? Uh, I think this fight is not going to go the five rounds. I'm not expecting this fight to, to go those five rounds. Uh, I'm planning on finish him, of course. Um, before that, I think I'm ready for it. You know, I think he's going to come hard the first round, try to finish me because it's been just two weeks. Um, he probably thinks it's like, okay, I'm going to pressure him. He's high altitude. He's been training just for two weeks and stuff. But it's not what? It's not, it's not like that. I'm ready. So that was Yair Rodriguez, El Pantera. I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to this fight. Like I said, it, it's it's got me intrigued, man. The the question marks around both these guys and the fact that you know these were two kind of highly highly uh, I don't know if you, if you want to say highly hyped, but I mean these are two guys that people believed in. You know I, I you know Chan Sung Jung was climbing the ranks. I think you know people just more enjoy his fighting style than anything. Um, but Yair was kind of supposed to be a guy. You know he was supposed to be that next level thing. So um, you know, they've had to put those things on hold for a while, but this is a chance to kind of get that started again. So, you know, the winner of this is, is going to have some momentum. Now, the co-main event, I think, is the one that a lot of people are really, really intrigued with. Um, you know, call it the people's main event, if you will. Call it whatever you want. But Donald Cowboy Cerrone, Mike Platinum Perry, man, I mean, this fight is is just fun all the way around. Um, Cowboy fighting in Denver, of course, is phenomenal. He actually came out today and said, you know, this is the site of what he feels was his greatest night. You know, the night he beat Melvin Gillard here uh, at the Pepsi Center. And it was a fantastic – I mean, the, the arena, the feel in that arena was something special. And, you know, he dealt with some trouble early and then battled back. I mean, it was amazing. And, and uh, you know, he still remembers that as one of the most special nights in his career. So good for him to be here. And then Mike Perry, you know, the, the, the up-and-coming, uh, you know – trash talking wild brawler I, I i will say uh i, I kudos to the ufc's uh social media team the other day that reposted the first face-off back in uh, at the big press conference in la 
between Donald Cerrone and Mike Perry um, and, and quoted it with, uh, when your Red Dead Redemption 2 character meets your GTA uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 character in real life. Okay, I'm 40 years old and it sounds stupid that I'm even saying that, but I have played both those games. I'm not much of a gamer, but I like both those games. I know those are classics, and I did think that was pretty funny. So, uh, you know, you've got the clash, and then you've got all the backstory there, man, of of Mike Perry coming to Jackson's, and then this fight getting made, and everything boiling to the surface, you know, and 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 Cowboy kind of drawing a line in the sand and saying, you know, listen, how how can you guys coach this guy when he's fighting me and you know, Mike Winklejohn and, and Cowboy makes it very clear. It's it's Mike Winklejohn that he's pissed at. You know, it's not Greg Jackson. In fact, you know, he told me he will work with Greg Jackson again at some point. Um, he didn't want to do it here because he didn't think it was fair. Because Greg Jackson, you remember, and he said this on Joe Rogan, that Greg Jackson told Donald that, you know, he would coach Mike Perry at the gym and then and then go up to the BMF ranch and, and coach Cowboy. And Cowboy said, "Listen, that's that's not right, man. I mean, it's you're, you're two-timing Mike at that point. You know, I appreciate the loyalty to me, but you know, that's the same thing. What you're gonna come to come to my ranch and tell me everything that you were telling him during the day? I mean, so he said, "Listen, I don't want to do that, but he, Cowboy has made clear he will he will work with Greg Jackson again. But for now, you know, he, he's out, and 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 you know." Said he won't ever make make good with with Mike Winklejohn. So, um, love this fight 100%, and love both these guys. Cowboy is, um, you know, listen. I mean, the guy's been around forever. I've had so many chances to watch him fight, so many chances to interview him, and the dude is just must watch TV, like he says. So, um, I mean, one of the greatest in UFC history. I think he's, you know, a Hall of Famer, regardless of if he ever wins the title or not. You know, we used to have that argument with Mike Bisping. You know, is Michael Bisping a UFC Hall of Famer? And I used to think Michael Bisping is, is the best fighter that never won a UFC title. That's that's a, an argument that people make sometimes. Well, to me, you know, Cowboy is probably the best fighter that's never won a title. And I do think he's a Hall of Famer, um, regardless of if he's able to get a championship or not, which he does say, by the way, he's ready to go chase a title at 155, which this is uh, really the first time he's ever said that in his career. He's always said... You know, titles don't mean anything to me. You know, I'm I'm just here to fight. I love it. Um, but he's finally admitted, no, the title means something to me, and I, and I want to get it. So, listen, I, I want to play the sit-down conversation I had with Donald Cerrone as well because uh, it was full of a, a lot of good stuff, to be honest with you. Always always a pleasure to talk to Cowboy. Well, I guess it's uh, it's Papa Cowboy now. This Papa is... Cowboy. <laughs> what, is, what is life like for you as a dad, man? Oh, it's a life-changing experience. So what's it been like for you? It's so cool, man. It's so cool. Uh, just like laying in bed with him, holding him, watching him laugh and giggle, and ready for him to be older. Lindsay's like, no, I, don't, I want him to stay smiling. I'm, no, I'm ready for him to like, come hunting and ride bikes. And so it's cool. It's a... It's a Fatherhood's weird, man. It really is. It's crazy just like, wow, that's mine. We made that, right? It's cool. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's fun. You want them to walk and talk and all that, and then they start doing it, and then you just want them to sit there and be yeah. quiet for a little bit, give you some <laughs> private time. How's it how's it affecting uh you, you know, your training life, your professional life? I mean, obviously it's a great thing personally. Yeah, yeah. But it takes a lot of time, right? Feeding and changing diapers and all that. So how, how's that impacting kind of your approach to your fighting career? She Lindsay handles it all, man. She's such a good mom and People ask me, like, how does he sleep? I said, man, he sleeps through the whole night. And she's like, no, you you sleep through the whole night. <laughs> so, it's you know, she, she's really good. Plus, uh, everyone on my team, they all have kids. And so they, they're really good at grabbing him when he's crying and holding him. I mean, it's, it's a team effort, man, for sure. It takes a, a village to raise a kid, right? That's, that's how it is. It's cool. So, 
So does he already kind of come with you to practices and stuff? Oh yeah, he, I mean it's in my backyard, so yeah, he comes out there and he just he's just cool to watch him like seeing people hit pads and wrestling. He's like so like alert and aware, like wow, what's going on? I mean, it's cool. No doubt. Talk about your personal <clears throat> life. I mean, has it changed that? I mean, you, you told that story earlier this year about you know being near death. I mean, that was a crazy <laughs> story and how you had kind of accepted it. I mean. It's funny, I ran, into, I ran into a lot of people that have heard, have heard the, the story, and, and they're like, man, the whole time I'm like, did he make it out? And I'm like, well, he, yeah, I'm like telling the story, you know what you're talking about? So, but uh, they're like, man, I feel like I was in there with you. But no, I'll, uh, we're going down to Miami to the NASCAR race, and I'll dive the cave systems down there. Just, yeah, oh, yeah, why? I mean, it's it just a mistake. But it's not done. <laughs> so I just wondered if maybe the added responsibility of the child makes you think, oh, I got I to gotta slow down on these nah, cowboy ways. Never. No way. No doubt. Has it t- turned anything? I mean, I remember having a child. It's uh, my, my kid's six now. It takes a while. But, you know, people <clears> sometimes <throat> say, oh, it, it changed everything for me. I got new motivation. I'm answering for somebody else. I'm providing for somebody else. I mean, did it do any of that for you? Or no. It- no, I don't feel I don't feel like I'm fighting for another reason. No, no none of that shit. I, mean, I think that's just things people say. Just uh, I don't know. Not me. Yeah. Life's still wild for me. No doubt. Let's talk about the fighting career, sure. man. Five months ago. You were you were sick, man. You said straight up, almost almost got on the phone and pulled out. Um, any regrets now that you didn't? I mean, I know Cowboy does what Cowboy does, but knowing that you took the L that day, I mean, any any thoughts that man, you know what? I, I shouldn't have gone into work that day. No, never, absolutely not. I, it's what I do, man. We've been, we're talking about the fights that are happening on this card. People coming, being sick, not making it, you know. And uh, it's what you do. You got to you got to remember, it's so much more than just me fighting. It's the families and the friends and all the people that have come here to show up and bought tickets and road trip to come to even watch me, not even the people that are in my corner, not that I directly impact, right? So for me to take not, not going and getting paid is a big deal for a lot of people, right? And uh, so it's kind of a responsibility, like we're a showman first, like we need to go out there and we need to entertain and we need to do it. Winning or losing is just a byproduct of performing well. So whether we go out there and win, I mean, there's always a win and a loss, right? So it's like, if I look back like, well, I shouldn't have, t- I shouldn't have taken a lot of my fights, but who cares? This is what I. This is who I am, man. So, um, I'll always fight, man. I love it. It's what I do. What would it take? I mean, is there a limit? I mean, we talk about like, is it a broken bone or something? I mean, what would it take for Cowboy to say, "Look, man, I know I signed the contract, but I absolutely cannot show up." Uh man, I'd I'd say hospitalized, but that's not true because Jeremy Stevens fight. I was in the hospital, man, three or four days before that fight. Literally, I didn't have to cut weight because I was on a feeding tube, right? And. Uh, no one knows that, of course. I mean, that was the first time I ever talked about it. I didn't yeah, know that. yeah. Jeremy Stevens fight. I was in the hospital. I uh, all the surgery I had on my on my stomach from the accident. I rolled my intestines, and uh, kind of like colicking like a horse colics. And so the doctor was like, "Well, we can go in and do surgery, but surgery is going to make more scar tissue, or we can fill you full of water, and hopefully it unspins like a hose." Let me tell you what a crazy feeling that is when they fill your body full of water and it's like. Wah! And then about 20 seconds later, you just shit your brains out. <laughs> D- dumb and dumber. What? <laughs> That's crazy. But yes, yeah, so, uh, I mean, I got that, but I was, I was just in there. They had, they had to keep me and make sure everything was good and wasn't eating because my stomach was rolled. I couldn't put any food in, right? So, man, I was like 153 for that fight. I think I just literally got over there. Yeah, it was cake. They were on, I was on a feeding tube, like whatever they IV shake they give you. But, uh, so yeah, and all my coaches and corners like we we're not we're gonna be too weak. Like you can't. Oh, oh, come on, let's go, let's go fight. That's crazy. Fight week. Fight week. Laid up in the hospital. Laid up. I was walking around, but yeah. <laughs>
Let's talk about this fight, man. Uh, being in Denver, uh, is it an automatic when the USC comes to Denver? I mean, do you have to tell anybody, put me on that card, or do they just know, like, we're putting Cowboy on there? Yeah, I'd hope so, man. Especially, I mean, this is so cool for the 25th anniversary. Like, home, home, I'm honored to be on this card. So, I'm so excited, man. Blow the roof off this place. You know, yeah. it's going to be un unbelievable. I was going to ask you, I mean, you don't seem necessarily like the sentimental type, but, uh, I mean, it's cool. You got the old logos on the poster, right? yeah, you know what cool. I mean? It's like, so this 25th anniversary, does it, does it mean something to you? Not anything more. I mean, it's just cool to be a part of it, I guess you should say. Um, nothing more added to the plate for me. But, uh, man, being the winningest fighter in UFC history on, on the anniversary, I mean, what a cool, what a cool legacy. That is pretty cool. So yeah. That, that mark means something to you. Man. Sure, that's cool. I, I mean, and it's just going to continue to grow. Like, I don't, I'm not, like, hanging it up after this yeah, by yeah. any means. So, uh, yeah, I plan on setting that so far that these little kids come like, man, I need to, I want to catch that. Like, nah, little fucker, settle down. Cowboy's still working here. <laughs> Talk about this matchup with Mike Perry, man. It's, I mean, when you guys faced off, y'all were cordial, right? Sure. Um, still cordial. But I mean. it, well, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, it seems like y'all are cool, but... It seems like he's kind of the center of all this stuff that happened. I mean, is it personal? Because in some ways, it feels oh, I like have, I have nothing against Perry. Like I don't have. Yeah, it's, I, there's nothing like fuck you. I mean, he's just doing what a fighter would do, going to the gym. It's the the rest of it that is, is bullshit to me. But um, it's okay. Yeah, Perry. I mean, the thing that sucks now is he knows all the traits like he knows he's gonna try and be shitty towards me to get in my head to get me to fight angry but those years are way fucking gone on me man so he can try i'm just gonna laugh and shake his hand and right. go do what i do so um but no no hard feelings against perry at all I, I he's just doing what he's like any fighter would do that go is looking for a new camp and he's there and it just he just fell victim to circumstances man. you don't feel like i don't know like i mean he came in and they picked him and i got for like a breakup with a girlfriend or something you know they picked that guy instead of hey, me. i wish i wish it came down to that but it came down to the money like michael Winkle john's solely about the money and it, it, it's just shitty to say that and it is what it is, but we're not even gonna give that conversation any more effort but yeah. uh yeah perry no no hard feelings with him he's a fucking brawler he's it's gonna be fun you think you and Wink can't ever make up? No, all? absolutely not. No, nope. no, because I talked to Wink as a man, face to face, and everything was fine. I explained to him. He's like, "Oh, I thought you called Perry out and blah blah blah." And I was like, "No, he he was actually the other way around. He wanted to fight me." And um, face to face, I sat down in his office. We talked. Next morning, he calls me on the phone. Like, "Well, I thought about it, and uh, you know, not taking Perry means I don't get paid." And I was like, "You don't get paid? What are you talking about?" Like on the phone, he called me like a fucking girl. And he's like, so we're gonna go ahead and go with him. And I said, yep, you just drew the line the same, man. If I catch you again, motherfucker, I'll see you. So uh, he did that and that's whatever on his side. And again, it has nothing to do with Perry. He's just the guy that's there trying to make a name for himself, right? So uh, he's gonna do what he's gonna do. He's gonna go train. And of course he has to use the coaches and that's that, you know? Um, how do you feel like your training's going? I mean, I know you got the sweet facility that you've built out there. I mean, uh, I know it's kind of a long drive from your ranch into Albuquerque. You don't sure. have to make that anymore. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Because obviously you leave a world-class gym like that. People go, man, this cowboy's still getting the looks he needs to get. Oh, I think we had better than the looks. All As soon as the Jackson-Wink thing, I shouldn't even say Jackson because he has nothing to do with it. The Wink side went, uh, you wouldn't believe it. my phone rang off the hook of people wanting to reach out and help out. and. All my old training partners came. Man, we had, I mean, Yair came up. We had Chalito out there, so um, he's getting ready for the zombie. And uh, Ray Borg was out there training, you know, uh, Landon coming up all the time. It's fun, man, I love the ranch. It's so cool to have that much energy and it was bumping. We had every bunk filled, every, I mean, it, 
people every night. It's just fun. The energy, because everyone going for the same goal, right? Like there's no bad blood, no one kind of doing their own thing. Everyone's all going, we're all going for the same goal. So it's good energy sitting in the sauna, bullshitting, playing, shooting, riding mountain bikes, like you name it. We, we do it as a group and it's fun. That's cool. Yeah. You think when your fighting days are over, the ranch stays and you keep welcoming <sighs> people out there? Man, I don't know because I'm not a good teacher. <laughs> I don't enjoy teaching. So um, I'm gonna have to just sell it to some like Mormon family or something. Someone that has 27 wives and can house. I don't know what I'm gonna do. You know, I don't know, but I still have, I mean, I feel good. I mean, I'm, I wanna say five more years. I mean, yeah. eh, who knows? Shit, Chuck and Tito are still going. So Anderson's still going. I feel like I'm good, man. I'm happy. I, I love what I do. Because some people, would, you know, they look at just the results. They look at sure. the record and they say, maybe he's nearing the end. But I mean, you've been against the, the top guys in the world, right? So I mean, do you feel like, no, I'm, I'm still good? Yeah, it's like, there's, when a name comes, like the, the Astrid guy coming in, I'll fight him. Those, when, the, when, they, when they slide a name across me, it's never a win. It's always a who for me. Like I just need, you know, or I mean, it's never, I just need the, the, the date. I don't right. care the, the name. So I, it uh, doesn't matter. I love fighting competitions. Like I said, you, someone always wins or loses. I've, I've had the bad end of the stick the last couple of fights, but hey, that's what you get for leaving and going to decisions and not fighting my potential. And really what it comes down to, uh, one of my friends said to me, Cowboy, it's hard you know, to be hungry when you're full. And God damn it, he hit me in the heart with a dagger. And I was like, you know what? You're fucking right, man. It's these, these young kids that I, I keep fighting are hungry motherfuckers. They need to make a name for themselves. I've already made a name. So sometimes I go out there and I'm real lax and I'm training half-ass. And some days I'm like, nah, you know? And I got a lot going on, so yeah, fuck, who knows? But am I at the end? Hell fucking no. That's not even like in my mind to train a thought, but so we've re-ramped shit and just, I shouldn't say I got my fire back because it didn't go anywhere, but I mean, training, training's good. We, we had a lot of fun this camp. Well, it's interesting because I was going to ask you what drives you because I mean, your whole career was always, I want to be the guy that everybody has to watch fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what you've always said. I still and, think I'm that guy. That. No, you've yeah. done that. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you are must-see TV, right? That's what I want. I mean, that's that's what I want to be. I want to be the guy. Cowboys fight? Pull it over. We got to. I don't care where we are. I got to buy fight pass. I got to figure out how we're watching it. I got to watch this guy fight because win, lose, or draw, he fucking goes out there and burns it down. And that's that's all I want to be, man. That's I want to be that guy, the must-see cowboy. And I think I've done that. And like I said, I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. Like the UFC's not gonna be like, oh, you lose, you're fucking fired. I agree. So I'm gonna keep fighting, man. This is what I fucking love to do. Like, there's no other place in the world I would rather be than Saturday night. Like, it's a sickness, right? Like, you hit me, like, yeah, I love it. Like, my last fight, he need me, and I started bleeding down my face and tasted blood, and bro, I was like, just smiled, like, hell yes, <laughs> right? Like, it's like, it's like a sickness in my mind, and um, so I love it. Do you still get the nerves before the fight? Oh, fuck yeah, nerves, it's crazy nerves. Nerve, nerves, driving up in the RV, nerves, sitting here talking to you, nerves. You know, like, it just, it doesn't ever go away. And uh, Saturday night, we're gonna pull our RV down in the, in the um, Pepsi Center, and I'm gonna be sitting in there, shaking like a bird, shitting a peach seed, man. And I'm gonna be watching the fights, and I'm gonna be acting like I'm cool, but I'm not cool. And uh, yeah, it's fucking scary shit, man. It's millions of people watching your every move. And then you gotta worry about if you do something wrong. All the people that had sit on their couch and talk shit. Like, God damn it, social media gave so many people a voice. So true. And it hurts. Yep. 
It's painful. I agree. I don't know how these kids take it at school and stuff. I mean, you know, some girl does something wrong or some stupid kid says something, it's got to burn them. It burns me. I'm like a grown-ass man. I'm like, ooh, that would hurt. That would hurt. Damn. Got me. You know what I mean? That's so. funny. I know you're not a tape study guy, but no. you've seen Mike Perry in person, right? Sure. I mean, I don't, I don't think you guys spent a lot of time together, right? Now we only have a couple of training sessions, but yeah. What, um, what, do you, what do you see? I mean, are there any, is there anything that you could take from that that you break down? I mean, are you bringing anything to this fight specifically because you have seen Mike Perry? No, it's just the same old cowboy can go in there and fight. If he wants to wrestle, we're going to wrestle. If he wants to go to the ground, we're going to the ground. I have a feeling Perry's going to want to stand in the middle and fucking throw down. So, hey, let's go do it. Very yeah, nice. I mean, he's just a brawler, man. He's just an old school. Oh, well, not even old school. He's a new school, but he just has that, like, thug, in-your-face mentality. Good. Stylistic is perfect for me. Stand in the middle in, in your hometown. And Let's go. go down. Yeah, what's the worst going to happen? I get knocked out? Fuck, who cares? Let's go. One of us is going to put on a show. Let's go, motherfucker. Yeah. You've had some great performances yeah. here, too, though, man. <laughs> right? Is there something special in the air when you're here? Um, I just love it, man. It's home. It's home, man. You know, the crowd's going to be going nuts. No doubt. No doubt. Well, you know, you pick up a win here. This is a big stage, man. This is a big car. This is sure. a big fight. You talk about maybe five years. I mean, what are the goals? What, what, what do you want to accomplish before you before you hang it up? I mean, is there a, a number of fights? Is there people? Is there a number of money you want to put in the bank? I mean, what what is it before you do this? This is my last fight at 170. This is it. Going back to 55. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to get the belt. It's time. It's time. It's the last thing I got to do. It's time. I used to always talk about not chasing it because I didn't care. But now I'm, I can see the end of the path, right? It's time. Time to go back to 155 where I belong. And uh, like shit, right now I'm fucking 78, 80 pounds, 10 pounds off, easy. 55 sucks, man. It's a hard cut. I wish it was a 65 class. But yeah, that's, this is my last fight at 70. And uh, I just signed a new fucking deal. And uh, going to 55 and getting that belt. Cowboy Cerrone there. Listen, no question. It's one of my favorites. Man, we get that question all the time. Uh, who's your favorite fighter? And, and it really is hard to have favorite fighters. I mean, uh, it, first of all, I mean, we're trying to cover these people without bias, so it's probably best not to have favorite fighters. But it's impossible not to develop relationships with people over the years and not to enjoy watching certain people fight when you watch so many fights. And um, Cowboy ticks all those boxes for me, so he kind of becomes my answer. He's, you know, people say, who's your favorite fighter? Yeah, it's, it's probably Cowboy Cerrone. So I'm anxious to see him back. This is a tough fight that he's in. I do love the fact that he's saying, listen, I'm going to 155 after this. I'm going to chase that title. I think for a long time, you know, Cowboy's admitted he gets nervous. Cowboy's admitted he deals with a little bit of anxiety and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, I think him kind of telling himself that the title didn't matter allowed him to be a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more free, a little bit uh, less pressured. Um, so to see him welcome that and say, you know what, man, I, I see the end is near. And when I say near, I mean like five years from now. But I see that, you know, it is on the horizon at some point. So, um, I, you know, I've got to consider this and I want to, I want to chase after that. So um, I, I love that, you know, and, and um, I, I love hearing that from Cowboy. But this fight, he's still got this fight, and it does matter right now. I know it's at 170, um, but it's against a dangerous guy who can uh, change your schedule uh, real quick. Uh, if 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 you're not paying attention and you slip up a little bit, so Mike Perry, um, Mike Perry is handling things a little bit different. So Cowboy says, "Listen, this fight is not personal to me. I understand that Mike Perry was just doing what he's doing as a fighter, um, but it is personal to me, 
and I am, I am, uh, I, I am. He did say later, you know, that I, and this was, you know, he said this today earlier. He said, listen, of course I'm a fan of Cowboy. Who's not a fan of Cowboy? I mean, the guy, the guy lives the anybody, anywhere, anytime mentality. I mean, he is the epitome of that. Of course I love Cowboy, but he's my enemy right now. Um, and, and, and Mike does say, listen, yeah, we trained together, but he has no idea what he's in for. Uh, you know, I laid out on him a little bit. I knew that we might fight at some point in time and I laid out on him, um, so that he wouldn't know what, what to expect. Um, we'll see if that's true or not. You know, if Mike, I mean, was Mike really thinking that many steps ahead? You know, was he playing chess while everybody else was playing checkers? I I don't know. Maybe he was. I mean, he's. He, he is crazy like a fox. He is crazy like a fox, man. Every time you think he's just a little bit out there, uh, man, something happens and he brings it all back together. So um, dangerous. But but Mike, uh, you got to love him in a whole different way. I had a chance to sit down and talk to Mike as well. And Mike says, listen, man, this this game – you got to be hungry. You got to be in much the same way that Cowboy said the same thing that he lost some hunger. Mike says, "You can't ever lose that hunger. You got to be angry. You got to hate the person on the other side of the cage." And there's some people tell you that's 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 unhealthy. You don't want to do that. That's not the way you handle it. But Mike says, "Listen, you got to have that drive." Um, and it's interesting. He actually kind of he says maybe everybody doesn't, but I do. And part of it's because I have a tiny reach, man. So I I, I got to be aggressive. I got to move forward. Um, and he also talks about too about you know, his philosophy of partying hard and training hard and how it uh, complements each other. So, um, yeah, I want you to hear this conversation with Mike Perry as well because he has got some nuggets in here, man. There are some quotes in here that are absolutely phenomenal. Last time you fought, man, it was an epic clash with Paul Feller back in July, man. That was, that was a fight. What have you been up to since then, man? What's, what's, what's the focus been like? You've been vacationing? You've been training? What, what has it been doing? <laughs> a little of both. Little of both, doing vacationing, training, uh, had a good mix. This seemed like, you know, it was like a 12-week camp, but it was like there were a couple of vacations in the middle of it to, you know, I went to, but one of the vacations was like mental preparation. I went to UFC 229, I watched McGregor, Khabib. That was a, that was a cool experience, and um, seeing a fight of that magnitude go down and, <clears throat> you know, just seeing... Um, what the fans really uh, attach to, and and um, the thinking about all the things that I could do to get more fans uh, to pay attention to to me because I'm you know I'm proud of my art my martial art uh, the platinum style is a badass style and uh, you know it'll be a household style I could be you know I could have schools across the country teaching teaching uh, families how to protect themselves in times of war. Who knows, right? That's some silly stuff, but, you know, just a a little party goes a long way. You know, I can't, I'm not the type, I cannot just seclude myself completely. I go crazy. So I definitely uh, fire up, smoke some, smoke some herb when I can, when Usada's not on my ass and, and, uh, you know, I go out and get drunk from time to time, and and you know, in Florida, in Orlando, I can get I, every day of the week. You can party. There's a party somewhere, but in Albuquerque, you only get like Friday, Saturday. So, so you know, I went to Florida for a little bit, and then went to Vegas, and really turned up in Vegas. I was so tired of turning up after I got back from Vegas. It was like the last five weeks of camp. I was I was ready to work again, and um, 
you know, it's something that happens. You get this. <clears throat> you train, 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 and then your body kind of withers a little. And then you go and you relax and you you party and you enjoy because what's the point of doing all this hard work if you're not enjoying your life? So, and then when you get back to training, it's like, it's like when you train, 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 and then you hit this wall and then you party a little bit, you like kind of start at that wall and then you keep going forward and then you do it again and then you starting up here. So like, I mean, we're gonna see the best platinum mic pair we've ever seen for sure. That's awesome. So you talk about the platinum style. I mean, is that kind of like a whole philosophy? I mean, how would you describe the platinum style? Does it include like kind of that philosophy if you need a little recreation in there as well? I mean, what is, what is the platinum style that you could be out there teaching? power and aggressiveness uh, I think that's a big thing in fighting uh, you know you know going to going to Jackson Wink and, and talking with my boy Frank seat there's this thing um, it's like when I got to the UFC I was hungry I was starving for it and then after a couple fights in it you paid well you're eating good everybody loves you and it's hard to stay angry. And uh, my boy Frank the Tank is showing me that because he's a military guy. He he had to, his mind, they train those military men's minds, men and women, to just, they're crazy. And it's all survival instinct and it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, he keeps my mind like, we're not friends this weekend. We're not shaking hands. We're, we're going to headbutt him and we're going to bite him if we have to. And you got to do what you got to do. You got to think nasty. You got to think crazy. So, you know, and, and I take that and then you take the platinum style, you know, he keeps my mind in the right place. And, and, you know, we take the mitts that he shows me. We take the grappling that I've I've learned in in Florida with Fusion XL. So, and I'm bringing those teams together now. We got Fusion XL and and uh, Jackson Wink and and um, and then the Platinum style is me putting it all together, uh, putting what everybody else's ideas and and you know I the way me and my coaches communicate now it's like we'll sit there and we'll argue back and forth he'll say you should do it like this and I'll say but if I do it like this I think this and he's like but this and then I'm like this and then I'm like okay and then we come up with something in the middle and we're gonna see a big ass knockout because of that on Saturday so that anger and that frustration or that craziness I mean it's strategic too it's it's not just a, an edge right I mean it, it kind of helps you in your game absolutely man it's um it's a part of the sport, you know. I've watched, I've I've watched uh, some people, <clears throat> some people I've met that want to fight, and they're trying and they're training, and I just don't see that fire in them. I put it in them. I do mean things to them, and 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 I don't even do it accidentally or like, or on purpose. It's just natural. Like it's. It's like it comes from God that it, that I'm in these people's lives or they're in mine so that they can see and I can be around them and they can see like how you have to be to to make it farther in this because you got to be mean. You got to want to smash their skulls in with your fists, period. Like and, you, and like when I say that, it doesn't do it justice. The way that I feel on the inside when I say I'm going to smash your skull with my fists, 
Like I'm, I'm picturing and I can feel your brain in my hand. Like I'm gonna eat you alive. I'm gonna fucking kill you, period. So when you hear people say like, oh, this is just a sport, this is just a competition, you know, we'll hug it out afterwards, you feel like, you know, they're doing themselves a disservice? Um, depends on how long their arms are and if their boxing is good, right? I got, I got this short reach and I feel like I've always wanted to be in that, been that type of fighter, be so flashy and, and, and not be so aggressive. But, uh, you, you know, I'm the type, I just, I get hit sometimes and I'm gonna fucking hit you back. So then I just accept that I'm gonna get hit. And then, you know, I try to move a little bit and I might get touched, but I'm coming with like 10 punches. I'm just gonna keep throwing and there ain't gonna be no stopping me. So, you know, if I had longer reach, maybe I would say, you know, just sit back and be patient and stay behind the jab, but I'm not long enough for all that. So I gotta go in. It's up to me to go forward. I was just telling somebody, I was doing a digital interview and I was saying, Oh, you know, they were asking about coaches. You know, what do you think? What do you, when when your coaches are yelling at you in the side because they're telling you to do stuff. And I'm like, I wish I could just be like, shut up, yo. Like, like we're both tentative, like trying to get to each other. And you got to faint, 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 faint. You just keep, uh, uh, uh. And neither person wants to go first because then fucking might get caught. And then... And they're like, they're yelling, go, Mike, you got to go, go, go. And I'm like, fuck you, you go. I don't want to get hit right now. Shit. <laughs> talk about the way this fight came together, man. You talk about coaches. I mean, you end up in Cowboy's gym, and then all of a sudden you're fighting Cowboy. And it, it sounds like between the two of you guys, there's no beef. There's no issue. But how did this fight come together that you go to his gym, and then now you guys end up fighting? Man, that wasn't his gym, man. He come there sometimes to try to steal some bodies to bring the BMF ranch so he could train over there because everybody was interested in going and hanging out with Cowboy Cerrone and at his ranch and seeing if they could get on the boat and shit. He looked out and, and he did those things with me and and when we sparred, I took it so easy on him. And I think that he thinks that I'm an easy win to get the most wins in UFC history. And that's just not a fact. Why have I not been finished? Why have I not been KO'd? I've been dropped. I've been, I've been bleeding since the beginning of the fight and been pouring blood on my opponent's faces after. There's no shutting me down. There's no stopping me. There's no quitting me. I'm a relentless warrior and I'm going to rip his face apart. What have you learned about Cowboy being there? I think one of his biggest concerns is that he trained there so long that coaches or training partners are going to give you specific information, whether it be strategy, whether it be psychological, whatever. Maybe is there anything that you can say that you've picked up specifically about him in your time at Jackson? Yeah, um, we focused a lot on the kicks and and countering the kicks, deflecting and defending, getting inside the kicks, working from inside the kicks, and um, you know, working all the way out and closing the gap on the kicks. It's kicks that we're talking about here with Cowboy. He's a great kicker, and um, but he's very stationary. And once I do close the gap, you know, uh, we were watching yesterday the the Nate Diaz fight, and he just, you know, they and one of the coaches told me, oh, we thought 
that Nate Diaz was going to keep his distance on Cowboy and fight at a jabbing range. And he closed the gap on him. He grabbed his head. Now, Cowboy didn't want to take Nate Diaz to the ground. I know he does want to try to take me to the ground, but I'm far too strong. I'll grab an underhook, rip him off me. I'll probably end up on top of him and crush his face with some elbows. It's um, Other than the kicking range, which I'm not going to be in, uh, I'm going to be all the way out or all the way in. You know, that's his... That's the only thing he's got, and I'm going to crush him everywhere else. Is this personal at all to you? I mean, is there is there something because of the situation? It's Of course it's personal. It's, it's You're my enemy right now. You know what I'm saying? I'll shake your hand Sunday morning. And, uh, you know, he's funny. He's, I saw him. He made a joke on his IG yesterday, and, uh, and he saw me today when he was going to check in. And I was like, I was getting my makeup done and shit, and the, I was fixing my hair in the mirror, and he was like, your hair looks good. And like, I didn't say shit, and I just walked in the room to do my interview. And then I was in the room in the interview, and I was thinking, I should have said, damn. Yeah, it's, it's uh, easy to say my hair looks good when you bald, bitch. What does this fight mean to you? I mean, because Cowboy, he's had some losses, but he's still he's still a name. He's still a big name, right? So what does this fight mean to you specifically? Man, this fight means uh, $150,000. This fight means, um, you know, you know, he's got money, man. He's 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 been here a long time, and he's opened a lot of doors for himself, and and I think that's mainly what the sport of fighting is about: is for guys that are aggressive like us to have a platform that, that other people can see a good side of us and uh, want to use us and pay us for other things. And, um, you know, the platinum marijuana business is on the rise. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? But, and, and then, you know, getting other things going for myself, speaking of that, that's gonna make fighting even better for me that I'm gonna fight just because I want to, not because I have to. And when that day comes, everybody better watch the fuck out. So perfect case scenario, man, how's this thing go down? You come out and you dominate and get it done quick or you have another one of those epic wars where you guys are covered in blood and the crowd's going nuts? It's a 50-50 chance on either one of those, as far as I'm concerned. It's gonna be a quick KO or it's gonna be a bloody fucking battle. Let's do either one and either way, I'm coming out on top. That's what I know. All right, Mike Perry, the one and the only, man. I, I really have enjoyed talking to Mike over the years, man. We've gotten a chance to know him pretty well. I know you've heard a lot of uh, his interviews here on the MMA Roadshow, man. The, the guy is a unique individual, man, and uh, uh, it's been fun to see him this week. By the way, the, the Platinum Princess... Uh, has been around this week as well. So, I don't know. I, I try not to get involved in people's personal lives, but, uh, you know, they obviously had a very public breakup. So, she's back around this week. She has uh, pink hair this week, but I don't, know. I don't know. Maybe they're back together or whatever, but I just thought people might like to know. You know what? I shouldn't have even said anything. That's some dumb National Enquirer bullshit. <laughs> now, now I regret even saying it. Uh, oh, man. But Donald Cerrone versus Mike Perry. Looking forward to that fight. Jermaine Durandamy versus Raquel Pennington is there as well. Um, interesting fight here as well for a lot of reasons. Jermaine Durandamy, uh enjoyed talking to her this week. I actually had a, a chance to sit down and talk to her and really kind of, you know, ask her what it was like, you know, ever since the, her championship reign, what happened. And, you know, 
she is such a positive person, man. Upbeat, uh, happy, always got a big smile on her face. And, and I've known her for years, you know, well before this run. And she's always been that way. Um, and if you want to see it, the, the full interview is up on uh, – it's on MMA Junkie. It's on our YouTube channel as well. All of our videos are on YouTube as well. Um, but, you know, we talked about you know, how she dealt with everything. And, you know, she said, listen, man, the, the amount of online hate she got was just – ridiculous man just and, and even people saying that she should die i mean it's just that's ridiculous man that 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 is ridiculous i mean there are arguments to be made there's no question about it man you know her unwillingness to fight chris cyborg i get it man i understand you, you have principles and you want to take a stand and, and i can respect that i mean if, if you want to throw up uh, some shade towards the career of chris cyborg that's you know you, you wouldn't be the first you wouldn't be the first but Oh man, if you move up to 145 and you win that title, you kind of know what's on the horizon as well. So, I was always conflicted about that. Like I respect her for taking a stand, but at the same time, you know, I, I feel like she had to know ahead of time that that, that was coming. And anyway, the story that we put up uh, on MMA Junkie got the same kind of just negative hate, man. Just really people trashing her. So, um, sucks to see. I get it. Um, you know. Beyond the stuff with Cyborg, you know, there's people that talk about the dirty fighting aspect of it. I don't think she's necessarily a dirty fighter. I remember at the time, you know, we talked about it. I believe there were two different rounds where she where she landed strikes after the bell. And one of them, I didn't even hear the bell. You know, there have been a couple situations like that. Uh, I remember Aldo and Mendez. Uh, that one, I couldn't hear the bell. The place was just so damn loud, you couldn't hear it. Um, and, and I remember that happening uh, with GDR as well. So I don't, I don't think she's a dirty fighter. And, and even Raquel Pennington said that. She said, listen, I, I think you just get in a zone sometimes, and, uh, and and you're just not paying attention. So, um, you know, a chance for redemption, I guess, so to speak, for Jermaine. Meanwhile, kind of the similar thing for Raquel Pennington. I think that's why I'm intrigued by this as well. You know, Raquel Pennington had that brutal fight with Amanda Nunes, and, you know, it's wild because – you know, I think she received a lot of praise after it. You know, Pennington for her, you know, warrior spirit, the, the, the never say die. I mean, how could you not love the effort that, that she put in until the very end? Um, phenomenal. You know, she she never quit. So she, I think she gained a lot of fans that night. But then even in gaining a lot of fans, she had to endure everybody trashing her corner, basically, you know, and everybody saying, you know, why didn't they get her out of there and all that. And, and so she had to deal with all that conversation. Of course, we talked about it this week. I mean, this is the first fight she's had since then. So, you know, we all we talked about it in, in both uh, her open workout session and her media day session as well. So it's a chance for her to come back as well. She was very insightful and open, and I really appreciate this from Rocky. You know, she said, listen, um, first of all, she admitted, you know, she rushed back from injury, you know, the opportunity to fight for a title. Um, she rushed back, and, and her leg was not fully healed, healed from the accident that she had. And she said, you know, she kicked it once, uh, Amanda did, and then she got up and she kicked it again. And, and, and at that point, Rocky knew. She's like, I'm, I'm, I got nothing. And she was just in defense mode the rest of the fight. So um, tough position for her to be in, but, of course, she never quit. Um, she does say, listen, the, the, the leg is healed up. I, I know. I feel good on it this week. So um, she says she's feeling good. But, you know, she said, listen, it's been, a, it's been a long battle to get back here, man. I mean, just emotionally, psychologically, physically, um, you know, making sure that leg is ready. You know, it's it's been a tough road to get back here. She also said that she's dealing with some um, some stuff, um, 
you know, with her weight and, and, and her body and her hormones um, that she's having to get some help for. She's taking some medicine for it, but, you know, um, her weight cut is getting progressively harder, progressively harder. She said she started at 175 pounds in the cut down for this camp, and she's like, that's not where I wanted to be. Um, and she does say, she's like, listen, I'm not, you know, she's like, I, I carry some, some natural weight, period. She's like, but my body was putting weight back on for some reason and and you know even though I was working hard I was still putting on weight and and she said it was um you know a hypothyroid issue so she's you know getting treatment for that but you know she she was open very very open on us I always enjoy talking to Rocky so two two women here that are kind of looking for a little bit of redemption in some ways um and stylistically it, it should be a fun fight so um I, I think that is a good fight there as well Benil Darius versus Tiago Moises is on the main card as well. Didn't get to talk to those guys this week because um, they got promoted to the main card when we lost Ray Borg and Joseph Benavides, which sucks, um, to be honest with you. You know, I feel bad for everybody involved there. Ray Borg um, didn't even make the trip to Denver. Uh, from what I understand, he was sick. Now, I you know, I haven't gotten any specifics on it. Definitely going to follow up on it. Um, of course, been busy with a lot of other things, but definitely want to follow up and find out what happened. Of course, you know, the haters are out in full force saying he's ducking, you know, he's bowing out. I think that's ludicrous, man. I, I just don't think. I mean, here's a guy who's, whose son has been going through these, you know, surgeries. I mean, he's kept us up to date online. It's so sad. Anybody that's a parent, can you imagine, you know, an infant son going through, like, brain surgeries, basically? I just, ah, oh, I can't imagine. Now, and, and he hasn't been able to work this whole time, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm sh- I, I believe he got some money from Conor McGregor is my understanding that there was a settlement um, and I believe that's all done on his part but you know he was not one that was coming and saying give me a million bucks you know it was just like you know yeah pay me for my fight that I missed and you know maybe a little bit of pain and suffering but I mean he's got these mounting medical bills and you know I, the only thing I could think you know I mean, I'll take him at his word that he was sick, definitely. I mean, he's always struck me as a very classy and, and upfront and honest and, and good dude, man. I mean, maybe there's a possibility that, um, you know, the commitment to his son had made it hard for him to train and, and maybe his weight was an issue or something. I, it's possible. It's possible. Um, but I don't think he was outright ducking, you know what I mean? The guy's had a lot going on. So feel bad for Ray, man. He just can't catch a break this year, you know. It's just... It's been a tough one for him, but I feel bad for Joseph Benavides as well. Um, you know, Joseph was ready to get back, man. I, I saw him when we first got here and said, hello, he's been training at Stream Couture, so I see him every now and then in Las Vegas. And look, man, he was itching to get back and, and get back in that win column. He loses the ability to do that. And he's got a good relationship with the UFC. I'm sure they might have thrown him a couple bucks if if that was something he needed. You know, it's certainly not his fault that this fight is being canceled, but um, I know he felt bad. And, and uh, I reached out to him to see if he wanted to talk, but. Um, you know, obviously he's, he's still a little, he's a little bit processing everything. And then it gets doubly complicated because if you do talk to him, you can't only talk to him about this fight. You have to talk to him about the potential dissolution of the flyweight division, which puts him in a really, really tough spot. Um, I don't know. Top contender, been there forever. You know, will he perform well at 135? I mean, he has, he has, it's not an easy cut for him to 25. He'll admit it. Not an easy cut for a lot of guys down to 25. So maybe they'll maybe they'll do better at 35. But that's a stacked division with some beasts at the top of it. So is he considering maybe asking for his release? And maybe maybe he wants to, maybe maybe Joseph Benavides wants to go fight over in Asia. 
you know, he's not the biggest trash talker either, and they seem to, you know, Chatri Sitsidong from, from one championship, he's been saying how, you know, this is all about martial arts and about the, you know, the spirit and, the, you know, that. We don't, in fact, we, we wouldn't even want a guy like Conor McGregor. We don't even want a guy talking trash like that. So um, I tend to believe if Conor McGregor was a free agent, they might be speaking otherwise, but but you get the point. They're they're trying to make a point. Uh, they're trying to say, listen, we don't want that trash talk. That's not what we're about. That's not the way we promote fights, and and that's why both Demetrius Johnson and Eddie Alvarez said, man, we love it. We think it's a, a perfect fit for us. So, um, you know, maybe Joseph wants to go over there. I I don't know. Wouldn't be bad. It's a lot of travel, but um, him and his wife they make it clear they love traveling. So maybe you know, they seeing some Asian destinations wouldn't be the worst place for him. You also end up running back into Demetrius Johnson, but I mean, I know they fought before. I know they fought twice before. I know, I know, Joseph Benavides feels like he's probably about ready for a third fight. Might be a hell of a lot easier to get a third fight with Demetrius Johnson over in one championship, because let's be honest, Demetrius is going to run run out of legitimate contenders to fight pretty quick. So um, now, again, this is all speculation. Like I said, I haven't been able to talk to, to Joe Benavides since everything happened, but these are things that I started thinking about. You know, I can imagine. That he's probably thinking about him too, man. He's he's always been one to um, to be forward thinking about his career and be smart um, about the options on the table. So I, I gotta believe it's at least running through his mind. So we'll see. Uh, definitely want to catch up to both those guys, Joseph Benavides and Ray Borg, as soon as we can. Uh, Benil Darius, Santiago Moises, though big fight for Benil Darius was was high, man. Was doing well, uh, and then has had a tough run lately. Meanwhile, Tiago Moises is a guy on the other end, man. He's a guy making his way up. He looked dangerous last time out, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Macy Barber versus Hannah Seifers. Man, um, I advise you to at some point go watch the interviews, uh, whether it be um, – well, there's there's two scrums. Both of them did media day scrums, and then Macy Barber, because she's from Colorado, um, was also invited to the open workouts as well. So we spoke to her twice. But Macy Barber, and I've mentioned her here before. We've, I've seen her on some local shows. Of course, she came up to, through Contender Series as well. She is legit. At 20 years old, she is a badass. And um, her style is awesome. It's fun. It's aggressive. It's fast. It's in your face. It's awesome. I mean, it is fun to watch. And then on top of that, even at 20 years old, she's not afraid to say, um, I'm going to be the youngest world champion in UFC history. And how can you not appreciate somebody that will just – lay it out on the line like that. That is just, I mean, at 20 years old is ready to say that. And, you know, I talked to her about it today. I said, well, man, aren't you, doesn't that bring some some pressure to you or whatever? I mean, more attention. When you're saying stuff like that, you know, people you know, people start paying attention to you. So wasn't that backwards if I'm saying I want this and now I'm going to say it's pressure? She's like, nah, you know, I'm, uh, there's no pressure. I'm confident in myself. I believe this and this is what I want. So why would that bring pressure? I, I love it, man. I love her attitude and I love her style. So, Anxious to see your fight. Then we met Hannah Seifers for the first time today. Um, and I actually ended up doing a story, doing a, a blue corner post, one of our blog posts, saying meet the UFC's anti-Conor McGregor. Because Hannah Seifers spoke to us for two minutes and two seconds. Um, and I counted it. I transcribed it. She said 97 words. Uh, and, and I may have missed a few I even wrote in there because her voice is so quiet and just trails off. <laughs> that I don't know. I probably missed a word or two. Uh, she looked like a deer in headlights. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, is she, A, this shy, or B, this nervous? Which which one is it? 
Um, but it was funny because somebody on Twitter who was watching um, the the stream of the media day was like, "Man, hearing hearing John trying to squeeze blood out of a, a stone was was kind of interesting." She wasn't even tagged in it, but somehow she saw it. Um, and, and I guess I'm sure Matt just might have showed her or something. And she actually tweeted back and said, uh, "You know, that's why the, my, the the fighting is my favorite part." So uh, it's going to be so interesting because she does have a good record. She's on a five fight winning streak. Four of those are by knockout. Um, so people that have seen her fight, and I, and I will admit, you know, she's a late replacement, and I didn't have time to to try to track down her footage. So I haven't seen her fight. This will be my first time to see her fight uh, at all, uh, which you know is rare but yeah i haven't seen a, a second of footage on her or in person so i don't i really have no idea what to expect um but people that have seen her fight said listen she ain't no joke she can fight she can fight so uh it's gonna be interesting because I, I i'm a big believer in macy barber's future um but hannah seifer's personality if it's contrasted with her coming out and just lighting someone's ass up is <laughs> gonna be pretty funny because uh, we'll see if she ends up coming out of that shell at some point. Luis Pino, Mike Trezano. Of course, you remember Luis Pino, the violent Bob Ross. Uh, gotta love him, man. Uh, he was actually telling Jose Young's had a funny question for him from MMA Fighting about, uh, you know, do, do people even know your real name? And he said straight up, no. I'm pretty sure people just think I'm violent Bob Ross. You know, he's like, he's like, I think people think my name's Bob Ross. Like, some people call me Bob. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny, but uh, Luis Pena been training at AKA, a guy that believes he should have won the Ultimate Fighter 27, um, but you know he got hurt and he had to he had to bow out of the show. They put him on the finale anyway, and he had a phenomenal performance there. Then you have Mike Trezano, the actual winner of the Ultimate Fighter, and um, you know he says, "Listen, I don't need to justify what I accomplished. I I won that. I won that fair and square. So I don't feel the need to prove anything." But I'm okay with this fight. If he wants to fight me, I'll fight him. So, um, you know, it's it's not a situation. I mean, you, you can't take back the tough win. But, you know, I think the violent Bob Ross wants to prove that had he not gotten hurt, I would have been. And and that's some you know some bragging rights that he can hold for the rest of his career. So it's, it's kind of an interesting um, first fight. And I think it makes sense. I mean, it's always weird when guys come off the Ultimate Fighter and then you try to find somebody to match them up with on the UFC's actual roster because – you know, they're, they're tough contestants at that point. And everybody starts that way. I mean, um, you know, hell, Tony Ferguson started that way. You know, it's every, you know, the, all those winners start that way and eventually they get over it, but it just seems weird when you first match them up, um, especially against established veterans. I mean, if you bring in a newcomer or something like that, uh, sometimes it makes sense, but this is the right fight to make. And I think they both, it's interesting. They both have an edge about each other. I think they both have a little chip on their shoulder coming to this, but they both, seem to have respect for each other as well. So it's not anything personal. It's not hate. But um, I just think that they they, they, they want to have some bragging rights. So um, I think it's a good main card, man. I really do feel like the main card is full of some some interesting fights, some intriguing storylines, and, and, and should be some good action. Uh, Amanda Cooper versus Ashley Yoder on the prelims. Talk to both those ladies. You know, two ladies that don't have the most impressive career records and admit it, but both of them believe um, that they can do great things and, and they need to prove it. Uh, Bobby Moffitt versus Chas Skelly. I'll just be honest, I love Chas Skelly, man. He is one of the most underrated uh, goofballs, man. He's just got a funny sense of humor. Uh, and I love watching him fight, man. He's hard-nosed, and, and Bobby Moffitt's going to give him a challenge as well. John Gunther versus Davi Ramos. John Gunther gave me the most interesting interview this week. Um, so if you get a chance to catch that one on YouTube, go catch that one. John Gunther talks about um, grappling with Boston Dynamics robots. Uh, he talks about having uh, 
basically plastic shields put over his carotid artery so that he can't be choked out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he had some fun with it. Uh, still does sleep on the floor. Uh, he believes that sleeping in beds makes you soft and probably causes back issues. Um, still shears alpacas. In fact, he said that, you know, this is a super fight. You got an alpaca shearing world champion uh, versus a Brazilian jiu-jitsu world champion. So this is a super fight. So I love John Gunther, man, just the right amount of crazy. I will say, though, Davi Ramos, I'm really high on Davi Ramos. Uh, I think I've mentioned his name on here before, but um, the dude is legit, man. I mean, uh, his jiu-jitsu is off the charts, and, and he's aggressive, and he's he's working on his striking. And uh, I, am, I am incredibly high on this guy's chances. And he's a guy, too, that says, listen, I'm going to be world champion someday. And uh, you can tell when he says it, it's not bravado. It's not him trying to hype himself up or, or, or sell himself. It's He believes that. He said, listen, everything I've ever done, I've done to be the best, and I've done to win it, and I've done that, and I'm going to do this too. So if you haven't been watching Davi Ramos, keep an eye on him, man. I'm, I'm high on him as well. Uh, Julian Rosa stepped in last minute to face Devontae Smith. Uh, Joseph Morales and Eric Shelton, which I think will actually be a really fun fight, Two, two guys that aren't on a lot of people's radar, but um, if it ends up being a fun fight, come back to me and, and say I told you so. Uh, wait, say that John told me so. You know what I mean. Justin Morales versus Eric Shelton. I think it's going to be fun. And then Mark De La Rosa versus Joby Sanchez. I think that could be fun as well. See, it's these lighter fight, lighter class weights. I mean, we're, we're uh, you know, uh, De La Rosa and Joby Sanchez, bantamweight, but uh, Morales and Shelton and flyweight. Oh. Uh, I love the flyweight division, man. I hate to hear it's going away. I really do. And, and I guess let me some clarification. So I've talked to some people behind the scenes. And listen, the writing's on the wall. It doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to figure out that, that they're kind of uh, moving in the direction of getting rid of this division right now. And, you know, we've been putting the pieces together for you all along if you listen to the road show a lot. But um, from what I have, I, I've, I've been told right now is, is that there is no definitive end date. So there's no... Hey man, this is the last one. At least that's what I've heard. Um, I, I I am told Dana White will be here on Saturday for the fights. Um, so I'm hoping we'll get him for a few minutes backstage as well and can ask him as well um, to just clarify. But from what I've been told, there's no definitive end date. But there's no question they're trimming the roster. And I've been told yes, the direction inside the company is let's 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 you know let's trim up a little bit. Let's scale back uh, the flyweight roster. So you know it doesn't mean that every flyweight is going to get cut. Um, but you know. If you lose, you're not in a good position. Um, if 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 you want to make a move to 135, man, now's the time to do it. If if you believe th- that you've been cutting a lot of weight, you know, it's just now's the time to do it as a flyweight. But I, I hate to see it go. I really do, man. I'm I am a I I love the flyweight division, man. I, I really do. I think just you know, obviously the speed and the action of it and the well-roundedness of the fighters. Um, and, and we've been having this argument for years as we were talking about why is Demetrius Johnson not popular. And, and, and I've heard all the arguments. So I don't think there is one single one. Maybe they're all right. Maybe they all add up. You know, I've heard the UFC didn't promote it properly. Okay, maybe. I mean, there's probably a lot of people they haven't promoted properly. I don't know. Does that make a whole division not work? I'm not sure. But they, they didn't promote it properly. Um, Demetrius Johnson's domination of the division made it not interesting because there was no reason to watch any contenders because who are they going to beat Demetrius? Now, there's something to be said for that. I mean, when you have a champion that's so dominant that he beats everybody, you do kind of pay a lot less attention to the contenders. And if you're not paying attention to the contenders, then when they get in title position, you're not really that excited about it because you just think, well, here's the next victim. Um, and, and 
you know, it's different when here's the next victim and that victim is being knocked out in 30 seconds, you know, a la Mike Tyson. Nobody cared who Mike Tyson was fighting. They cared who was, you know, that it was a Mike Tyson fight and that he was about to go assassinate somebody. Um, but Demetrius Johnson didn't assassinate people. You know, he he meticulously picked them apart. You know, it was it was perfection in execution, but it wasn't – not that he never got submissions, not that he never got knockouts. He did. And over high-level competition – um, but he went to a lot of decisions as well, and there were a lot of fights that went deep. So I get it. I mean, there, maybe there is something to be said for that. There is the boneheaded, stupid point of view of, you know, well, I can't get into watching a guy fight that small because, you know, I could kick that guy's ass, which is just asinine. But I do know there are people in the population that say that um, because I've heard it, I've heard it firsthand. And I, and I think it's ridiculous. I mean, if Demetrius Johnson – uh, was in a packed bar and 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 shit went off. <laughs> He's getting out of there okay. All right. He's getting out of there okay. So um, I don't know. I hate to see it go, but I mean, if, we, if you think about it, for years we've been saying, why isn't uh, the flyweight division popular? So it, it does seem bizarre that now it's such a surprise to see the UFC making this move. Um, I will say I don't like it, but I can't say I don't understand it. So. I don't know. Sucks there. We mentioned one championship, of course. Man, they're making some moves. Misha Tate going over there as a vice president. Um, you know, Sage Northcutt is over there. Tell me Sage Northcutt wouldn't be a great fit for one championship. I mean, I, I like Sage, and I think he's getting better as a fighter. But, man, it is a long road to the top if you want to be a champion in the UFC. If he can go over there and bank some serious coin and, you know, here's the, the spiky, blonde-headed American that they can market. And, of course, you know, if you're talking about a, a, a an organization built on respect and kindness and, and all that, I mean, good Lord, you know, he calls everybody Mr. Mr. Askren, Mr. Favor, Mr. I mean, come on, that, that dude would be a perfect fit, man. He would be, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie, he would be a good fit for one championship. So kudos to him if he gets a big deal over there. Um, it's interesting. You know, it's funny with the – with the media that's traveling. I said there was a bunch of Korean media here. Um, there was a guy from Singapore I spoke with as well. And he said, listen, I know we're here covering a UFC event. But do you mind talking about one championship for a little bit? I said, no, absolutely not. Let's let's do it. And, you know, just giving him an American perspective on one championship. And, and I'll be honest, you know, I told him, I, I don't think, I mean, even, I don't want to say MMA. I, most people don't know who one championship is. Let's just be honest. I mean, the average American definitely doesn't. But even the average MMA fan might not know what one championship is. And even if they know what it is, how many bouts have they watched? I mean, I I love the fact that one championship went away from the, the pay-per-view model. I mean, I thought, I mean, how many pay-per-views could they be selling at 6 o'clock in the morning on a Friday? Um, and they used to be 10 bucks. Now, I love the fact that it's free. You know, it's it's on Twitter. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll be laying in bed at 6 in the morning on a Friday and my, my little alert will come up on my phone like, hey, fights are live. Oh, yeah. I'll just... Roll over in bed, one hand on the pillow, and watching the one championship fights, you know. Um, but but this is what I do for a living. I have the luxury of doing that. I don't think a lot of people, especially, you know, they do a lot of Friday events, man. How many people have the luxury of just sitting back and watching the fights? And maybe they'll catch a replay. But, you know, I, I don't think the brand awareness is that strong. But the moves they are making are very, very strong right now. So I have to respect the moves one championship is making. Now, here's the key. Can they make them profitable? Um, and that's that fine line. And, and it's weird, right? Because you don't want to just piss away money. Like you don't want to just pit me. They just got a huge round of investment 
and, and you don't want to just piss it all away. But at the same time, if you take in a huge round of investment money and you don't do anything with it, then that's kind of pissing it away too, right? I mean, you got to take a few swings. You, you, you got to try to make some moves, and they're making moves. I mean, they're getting prime headline space on our website, that's for sure. They're getting prime discussion in the MMA landscape. I think they're doing smart things. The signings they're making, you know, bringing Demetrius, bringing Eddie, and then putting him in Grand Prix right away, that's awesome. And then doing, you know, this this deal with Misha Tate, uh, I think that's phenomenal as well. So um, I will say I hope she keeps her house in Vegas. I saw the press conference or the press release. They said she's moving to Singapore. Good Lord, it is expensive there. Um, so hopefully if she is moving there, they're paying for her housing as well because it is not the price of Las Vegas, I'll tell you that. Um, but they're doing big things, so definitely worth keeping an eye. I appreciate the moves they're making, man. You have to respect them. They're, they're making big moves, but they're making smart moves. You know, you look at, I, I think about like when Affliction was making big moves and just throwing money around, right? But they were throwing money around like they were going crazy with it they were going too big i think one championship is making calculated efforts to get the right kind of people the right fits and i think that's smart man i really appreciate what they're doing but you still got to get a return on that investment if you don't then it doesn't matter you've got to be profitable this is a business man but it's a good time to be a fighter man it's a good time to be a fighter sucks for flyweights right now but um Maybe a couple of them will love over there. I don't agree with Conor McGregor's post that it's one championship's fault and that they need to sign everybody. I do not agree with that. Uh, I'll just throw that out now. But, hey, grabbing a few more of those guys and putting them in the, the tournament, that would be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool. It would definitely, especially if you get some guys that DJ hasn't beaten. I mean, yeah, Joseph Benavides doesn't hurt being in there, man. It doesn't. But, you know, if you can grab a couple guys that, you know, he hasn't faced for whatever reason. You know, Formiga was one that always, they never seemed to kind of match up. That'd be one to put in there. Um, you know, I, I think that would be interesting to see. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. A uh, couple last things real quick. Uh, this Mayweather thing, good God, man. What? Did, how, how quickly did this go from zero to 100 and back to zero? Uh, no shock. I'll be honest with you. When everything went down on Sunday night, I thought it was garbage to begin with. Um, but sure enough, you know, I thought it was garbage, and then I started seeing – you know, I, I was watching the press conference and saying, oh, my God, there, there is something to this. And I was like, ah, there's still still something wrong with this. But I started reaching out to some contacts, and, and I'm, you know, I tweeted out that night, you know, hey, believe it or not, this is what I'm hearing. You know, it's not going to be MMA, but it's going to be three three-minute rounds. Uh, lo and behold, Floyd came back after and confirmed that and said, you know, it was supposed to be a nine-minute uh, exhibition match, uh, which, again, is what I had heard. But, uh, I mean <laughs> – Floyd's explanation of why this isn't coming together, I'm just not buying. That he thought this was some private behind the scenes. That come, come on, man, come on, man. That is not what happened. Uh, you did a press conference, man. Who does a press conference for uh, you know a, a private event that's going to be held behind the scenes? So don't buy that at all. Don't know what happened. I mean. Like I said, when it was first announced, I thought maybe they were going to do some kind of pro wrestling gimmick. Or I mean, you know Floyd is not getting in there with Tension. If you don't know who Tension is, I, I, I understand that. He's fighting out in Japan. He does more kickboxing. He does MMA. He's 20. Um, but the dude's a stud. I've, I've, we've put a couple of his highlights. I, I think I personally put a couple of his highlights on MMA Junkie because they're so damn fun. Uh, Floyd would have gotten his ass kicked if it was any type of legit striking fight. You know, maybe a three-round exhibition boxing match. Okay, maybe he could have won that. 
but I think if they, I think if they'd have done a full boxing match, I think Tension would have caught him at some point with his speed. You know, I think he would have caught him. And if there would have been kicks allowed at all, uh, you know, I heard somebody proposing, well, maybe it'll be no no leg kicks, which I think would be kind of fair if you're Floyd. So listen. I know you're a kickboxer, but you can't kick my legs. I get that. Like, bro, I've spent my whole life just defending from my waist up, so you can't kick my legs. I think that's fair if you wanted to do it that way. Um, but even then, I, I, I think tension would have beat him. So I know he's tiny. He's, I mean, he's 20 pounds lighter than Floyd, and Floyd's a tiny dude. Uh, but I, I, uh, I think tension would have beat him. But I just don't buy the explanation. I don't know what happened. I don't know where the miscommunication was. But what a weird situation. What, what a fiasco to throw on top of everything we were already doing this week. Uh. <laughs> all right, listen. Uh, you probably heard enough of me rambling. So I'm going to get out of here. Make sure all my equipment has dried out. The coffee is no longer leaking out of my gear. Just goes to show you that was a stupid mistake. Should have stuck to frosty beverages from the beginning. Thanks for listening. <laughs>